Summer's almost here. Yay, right? So, when's the last time you tried on your swimsuits and summer clothes? If you could get back into summer shape in one visit, would you do it? Here's Dr. Brian Strand for Sonobello to explain. It really is quite remarkable. Sonobello doctors use a technology called microlaser fat removal, and the results are amazing. We customize your procedure to accomplish your goals. Just share with us the problem areas where you'd like the fat in inches removed. And in one visit, they're gone, permanently. I can't tell you how often I hear clients say how many years they've been trying to diet and exercise those inches away. And we did it in one comfortable visit. It's time to get your summer on. Visit any of our Sonobella locations across the U.S. And right now, you can save $250. Visit sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. That's sonobello.com slash save. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired a nature show host. In the native habitat of a suburban driveway, the poor victim of a broken windshield is left assessing his vehicle utterly helpless. Well, not true. If he's got GEICO, he can file a claim online, over the phone, or with his handy mobile app. But like a lone gazelle, he'll suddenly be left to fend for himself, awaiting his terrible fate. Nope. GEICO will assign him a designated claims team to help him out, too. So the gazelle gets his car fixed and everything. Wow. Nature is so cool. GEICO. Great service, without all the drama. Calling all women. Did you know a birth control pill does not need estrogen to prevent pregnancy? Slind Birth Control is over 98% effective and is estrogen-free. So if you're interested in avoiding unnecessary hormones or you have a health reason to steer clear of estrogen, it's time to say goodbye to estrogen and hello to Slind. Hello to a flexible window to catch up on a missed pill and hello to periods on a schedule. Do not take Slind if you have kidney problems, reduced adrenal gland function, cervical cancer, or any hormone-sensitive cancer, liver disease, or unexplained vaginal bleeding. If these happen with Slind, stop and call your doctor. Before taking Slind, tell your doctor if you may be pregnant or have had blood clots, stroke, heart attack, high potassium in your blood, diabetes, or depression, which can lead to possible serious side effects. Say goodbye to estrogen and hello to Slind. Talk to your doctor or visit Slind.com. Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio, broadcasting out of the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. Today's voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. When Christians Speak is dedicated to lifting up the name of Christ Jesus and spreading the good news. Well, hello, everyone. Praise God. I am so thankful that you have decided to join us this evening. I want to get a, give a shout-out to my sister-in-law, um, Minister Andrea Rose. The song that you hear at the beginning of, of, um, of our program, or our broadcast, that's her original. She's actually singing. She actually has composed it. And so I don't know if I've said that before, but I'm just so thankful for her. She's a beautiful, sweet, humble person. And I just want to thank God for her. 
Um, this is when Christian Speak Talk Radio his Abounding Grace broadcast. And again, I'm so delighted and blessed that you have decided to join us today. You know, I don't take it lightly. I, I really don't. I count it a privilege to be part of this wonderful network um, of brothers and sisters in Christ. Our founder, Reverend Ray Rose, I want to thank God for him as well. Uh, we expect people's lives to be changed in such a way that they will go out and help make a difference in somebody else's life. That's the bottom line. The um, title of this segment, His Great Amount, Abounding Grace, was taken from Romans, the fifth chapter, and the 20th verse. My prayer this evening is to encourage you to strengthen your relationship with God. And if you do not have a personal relationship with the Son, Jesus Christ, our prayer is that this message will convict you and touch your heart in such a way that you'll want to get to know Jesus for yourself. This evening's message topic is minding your manners. Minding your manners. And our main text is Romans 12, 2, where it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be renewed in your mind. Um, by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now, Lord God. I thank you, Father. I thank you for your grace and for your mercy, Father. We thank you, Lord God, because you are so good and you're so kind. Your word, Lord God, you say when your word goes forth, it will not return unto you, Lord. That is, it will go out and accomplish that which you have purposed for it to accomplish. So I ask right now, Father, that hearts will be open and ears will be open to listen and to hear and to receive everything that you have for your people today, Lord God, that they will be strengthened and encouraged, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that we are just the vessel that you want to use, and I thank you, Lord God, that I'll decrease so that you can increase and so that you can get all the honor, glory, and praise because it all belongs to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. Well, again, the message is, Minding your manners. So let me just ask you a couple of questions. Growing up, how many of you remember your mama dad saying to you, child, you better mind your manners? Did you ever stop to think what this meant? If you were like me, you didn't need to, for you knew that if you didn't stop doing what you were doing, whatever you were doing, you were definitely going to be in big trouble. If mama said, boy, you better mind your manners, you knew she meant business. And Daddy said, girl, you better mind your manners. You knew he meant business. And back in the day, there were other adults who had authority from your parents to say, you better mind your manners, and you knew that they meant business. So if they said, child, you better mind your manners, you knew what they meant. Not only that, <laughs> you'd get a whipping at their house, and then when you got home, you knew, you just knew there was another one that would be waiting for you, so you would really try to take your time to get home. You knew you were not supposed to be talking where grown folks were talking. You needed to man your manners. You knew you weren't supposed to be reaching across the table and grabbing food with unwashed hands before dinner time, especially when the grown-ups weren't even there yet. You needed to man your manners. At school, in the classroom, you knew you weren't supposed to be whispering to your friend or throwing balled up papers across the room when the teacher was trying to teach. You needed to, what, 
mind your manners. <clears throat> Doing church services. You knew you weren't supposed to be dozing off when the preacher was preaching. Your mama or daddy gave you that certain look, and you sat up straight because you know you needed to mind your manners. In the absence of your parents, while not under their watchful eye, you knew mama would get you through that home if that word got home before you did because of something you were doing or wasn't doing. If you were misbehaving, you knew you were in serious trouble and you wanted to take your time again getting home. Why? Because you know you remembered you were not minding your manners. In your youth, it was something that was ingrained in you by your parents or another adult figure that you were supposed to behave. You were supposed to cause trouble because you were representing what? The family name. And if you didn't behave right, you knew what would happen when you got home to remind you to do what? Mind your manners. Someone might have asked, whose boy is that? Whose girl is that? That can't be Joe's boy. That can't be Lars' child. Why not? Because he's not minding his manners. You see, we were told to mind our manners, but what does that mean, really? Well, before I get into the meat of this message, I want to shed more light on it, and then it will perhaps be made more clear to you. There is mind your manners, which means you better behave. And there is mind over manner, I'm sorry, mind over matters, which tells you how to behave. You see, these two things I'm going to be using interactively throughout this message. Why? Because they're related. Check it out. When you mind your manners, it tells you what to do. But mind over matters tells you how to do it. And I'll break that down for you. You see, I'm going to digress just a little bit on purpose. I'm a teacher. And my message delivery may come across a little elementary at times, but I'm a teacher. You know, I took me many, many years to, to understand and recognize that that's the gift that God gave me. And it took me a while, but I, I think I got it now. And so there's a story behind that message, but that's for another time. This message is not about me. It's about minding your manners. But I say that because Sometimes I can get a little elementary in the teaching, okay? At any rate, please bear with me because I want to break this down because I don't know who's listening. I don't know. You could you could be um, someone with a master's degree or doctor's degree, or you might just be a junior in high school, or you might be a child. Who knows? So I'm going to break it down at all levels. And just bear with me, please. Another word for manners is behavior. I'm sure you already knew that. Most of you did. Manners definition is a person's outward bearing or way of behaving towards someone else. Looking back on your childhood, you might not exactly recall when your parents or another responsible adult, maybe they didn't ever set you down and say, now look, child, when I say mind your manners, this is what I'm really saying. No, maybe that never happened. But if the truth be told, you knew what they meant when they said, make sure you mind your manners when you go over to Aunt Susan's house. And you knew what that implied. And when you got there, you knew if something you were not supposed to do, you did, or perhaps you were tempted by a cousin to do something, and you knew it wasn't the right thing to do, so you knew whether the action would be pleasing to your parents. For back in the day, in the back of your mind, you could hear them saying, mind your manners, the acceptable behavior. Minding our manners. I'm going to get to the word, to the message in a little bit. I'm going to get to the word in a little bit, but I'm just kind of setting the tone here. As kids, 
even if your friends are doing something like going somewhere that you knew would not be pleasing to your parents, like skipping school or going to the mall when you're supposed to be in school or perhaps going on a joyride during school sessions, you knew you were to stay clear of that foolishness. You might have told your mom or daddy that Johnny's or Jackie's mom let them go. Why can't I go? You wanted to go because they were going. You wanted to do it because they were doing it. You wanted to wear such and such clothing because they were wearing it. And some of us may have had the audacity to argue with our parents over this. Now, during this argument, where we know it's a one-sided argument, your mom or dad would look at you and say, I don't care what mama's doing. I don't care what their mama's doing. I don't care what their parents said. You are my child, and you better listen to me. And then with her hands on her hips, she'd grab back and say, you better mind your manners, child. Mind your manners. Okay, let's see what the Bible has to say about all of this. You may ask, the Bible has something to say about minding your manners? The Bible has something to say about mind over matters? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So whether you know it or not, renewing your mind is key to minding your manners and placing mind over matters. We'll break that down a little bit. Minding your manners is what the Bible talks about when it tells us in Romans 12, chapter, the first verse, and I think I need to read the first verse before I get to our main text, okay? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is what? Your reasonable service. Your reasonable service. That's minding your minus, your behavior. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world. That's minding your manners. But be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That is to place your mind over the circumstance. Why? So that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, these two scriptures are all about minding your manners and mind over matters. So would you agree with me for a minute here? If you renew your mind, you'll be able to mind your manners? Yes, I'm talking about grown folks here. And as we know that renewing our minds is a daily progress, daily process. Moment by moment, not daily, moment by moment process. So what are some things you need to do to renew your mind? Let's look at a couple of scriptures here. Meditating on God's word. God's word is our roadmap and our guide for good behavior. Good behavior is minding our manners. The word of God tells us in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, our guide for mining our manners. The word of God tells us in Psalms 119 and 11th verse, 119 and 11, to have the word of God in your heart so that you do not sin against him, our guide for mining our manners. Would you agree that if you delight yourself in the law of the Lord, which is his word, you will be able to do those things that pleases him? Talking about mining your manners behaving in a manner that pleases God. Not only that, Scripture lets us know that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will give us the desires of our heart. So how do you know when you delight in yourself in the Lord, when you obey his word? Because he is his word, and his word is him. John 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So you see, when you obey the word of God, 
You are behaving in a manner that is pleasing to him. You are delighting yourself in him, and so you are minding your manners. When you are obedient to his word, regardless of whether someone is watching you or not, you are delighting yourself in him, and so you are doing what? Minding your manners. God knows your thoughts. So when you allow your thoughts to line up with his word, you are delighting yourself in him, and so what are you doing? You're minding your manners. What about that heart? God knows your heart. So when you have a heart that's turned towards holiness, a heart that's turned towards holiness is filled with the fruit of his spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Then you have a heart that's turned towards holiness. You're delighting yourself in him, and so what are you doing? Minding your manners. When you have a heart that forgives, when you have a heart that treats others as you want to be treated, when you have a heart that serves, you're delighting yourself in him. You see, when you do the right thing, especially when no one is watching, like I said earlier, you are delighting yourself in him, and so you're doing what? Manding your manners. When you allow your words to be seasoned with love and kindness and compassion, you're delighting yourself, delighting yourself in him, and so you are, you can go ahead and say it with me, minding your manners. When you want to walk away from that marriage and God says, no, I want you to stay. And so you decide to cling to scriptures such as Hebrew 10th chapter and the 23rd verse, which says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. When you do that, you are delighting yourself in him, and so you are what? Minding your matters. When your mind says you're crazy, when your mind says there's no way you're going to be able to handle that, you cling to scripture that says Romans, the 8th chapter, and the 37th verse, that says, nay, and all these things, I am more than a conqueror through him that loved us. What are you doing? You're minding your matters because you're delighting yourself in him. When your head when the devil puts all sorts of crazy things in your head, and you hear, you hear his voice saying, it's okay, you aren't hurting anyone. If it feels good, go ahead and do it. But then you decide to cling to scriptures such as Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and the 22nd and 24th verse. The scriptures that say, put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Then if you do that, what are you doing? You're minding your manners because you are delighting yourself in the Lord. Get this. When the enemy tempts you to engage in gossip or corrupt conversation, when he tempts you to talk about others in a derogatory way, when the enemy tempts you to criticize others or share stuff with your friends or others, or seek the advice of ungodly counsel, and you hear another voice saying, don't do it. Don't listen to them. Then you follow that voice, which is the right voice, and you cling to scriptures such as Psalms, first chapter, first verse, says, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night, he is like a tree planted by streams of water 
The year is fruited its season, and its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. You are minding your manners. How many times have you opened your mouth to say something derogatory, and you heard the sweet, sweet voice of the Holy Spirit, and yet you ignored it and said whatever you wanted to say anyway? Well, if you strive to renew your mind, you would cast there any negative thoughts, anything that exhorts itself against the word of God. For you see, when you open your mouth to say something negative, that's because a negative thought has entered your mind. There is an old saying that goes something like this, always think before you speak, but never speak everything you think. But I would add to that, always think before you speak, but only speak those thoughts that are pleasing to God. Always think before you speak, but only speak those thoughts that are what? Pleasing to God. When the doctor gives you a bad report and the enemy tries to persuade you that it's all over, when the enemy tries to get into your head, get you all worried, distressed, downcast, and just don't know what, you, what you're going through, regardless of how your body feels, if you decide, if you make a concerted effort that you're going to claim to scriptures to say, by his stripes, I'm already healed. If you claim the scriptures to say, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. If you claim the scriptures to say, God desires that I be in good health and prosper, even as my soul prospers, then you're standing on the word of God, you're manning your manners, for you are doing what? Delighting yourself in the Lord. You see, and delighting yourself in the Lord, you are placing mind over matter, and therefore you are minding your matters. When you mind your manners, you are behaving in a way that is pleasing to God. How do you stay on the right course? By renewing your mind. Yes, we are going to fall sometimes, fall short sometimes. But you get up, get back up, and you stand the course. Get up and keep on swimming. Here's a story. You don't just learn how to ride a bike by getting up on it, and right away you start pedaling down the path, pedaling down the road. You learn by making mistakes. You'll fall off the bike. You figure out why, what, and how you fell off the bike. Then you'll get back on it, and you'll keep trying until you are happily riding. Yes, there are going to be some bumps and bruises. Each time you fall off, but guess what? You didn't give up. You kept on going. You rode that bike. You were determined you would learn how to ride that bike. So finally, it feels good. When you're going down a hill, controlling the pedals, the wind is blowing against your face, you had learned how to ride that bike by knowing what to do and what not to do. That was a learned behavior. How about driving a car? You see, I remember when I went for a driving test, I was only 16 years old. I had my learner's permit, and I went for my driver's test. I failed it the first time. Dr. Problem was holding on for his dear life. You see, we got to a stop sign, and I only slowed down, but then I kept on going. He didn't say anything at the moment. But when we got back to that station, he looked at me, he asked, did you see that stop sign back there? Mm. I swallowed hard. I was disappointed in myself. I was sad. I had my head hanging down because I knew I was not getting my license that day. Then my dear future husband, who was my future husband at the time, and, and, uh, he was my boyfriend at the time, who was my current husband now, decided to take it upon himself and give me some, riding, some driving lessons. Now, there were many stop signs along the way of him teaching me how to drive. But I learned that I need to stop at them to avoid an accident. He was patient with me. And so when I went back for my second driving test, I was more confident. I knew 
I couldn't just go through stop signs and be successful. That was a learned behavior for my driving experience. That was a minding your manners moment. Yes, it was. Now, it took many mining, sorry, it took many mind over matters moments during my learning to drive experience. You see, with my husband, at that time my boyfriend, was teaching me how to drive, there were times when I had to keep my mouth shut. And he would tell me to do such and such. He'd say, you're driving too slow or you're going too fast or I wasn't using the proper turn signals or whatever. I had to place my way of thinking over the matter, which is placing my way of thinking over the circumstance. Because why? Because I needed his help to be able to pass that driving test. You see, I had a learning permit, but that wasn't enough. If I was to be able to drive on my own, I need to place my way of thinking, that's my mind, over the circumstances, being subject to his teaching, stand silent when I want to talk. Without knowing it, without knowing it, I was applying my mind over matter. So I was applying the mind over matters principle. Did you get that? You see, on our Christian journey, think about this for a minute. On our Christian journey, there are going to be many stop signs along the way. You may be tempted to keep on going down the wrong thing, down the wrong road. When you will hear his sweet voice telling you to stop, perhaps he's telling you to slow down and pause. It's telling, he's maybe telling you to renew your mind. Adjust your attitude. Then get up and keep on riding, keep on swimming. Now, as Christians, in order for us to mind our manners, we must place mind over matters. And in order to place mind over matters, what do we have to do? Meditate on the word of God, which, as I said before, is our roadmap, our guide for living a victorious life, our guide for living an abundant life, the abundant life that Jesus wants for us. For John 10, 10, Jesus is speaking here, and he says, The thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Jesus, our good shepherd, desires to be living an abundant life, which is a life that is full and meaningful. This doesn't just apply to materialistic things. It applies to our spiritual being as well. And in order to live an abundant life, a life that is full and meaningful, we have to renew our minds. We must renew our minds so that our circumstances do not dictate how we live. We need to take control of our minds with the authority that Jesus Christ has given us. For he who the Son set free is free indeed. Is free indeed. Now look at 1 Corinthians, the second chapter in the 12th verse. 1 Corinthians, second chapter, 12th verse. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that you might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually deserved. The 15th verse, but he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judge of no man. The 16th verse, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. But we have the mind of Christ, minding your matters. Whenever you are in doubt over what to do or what to say, seek wisdom for God. Seek wisdom from God. James 1.5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, 
to give it to all men liberally. In other words, ask God for it, and he would not hold it back. But let him ask in faith, the sixth verse says, nothing wavering, nothing wavering. That's mind over matter, you see. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. The eighth verse says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So you see, when you're renewing, your, when you're continually striving to renew your mind, a new attitude will overtake any matter. A new attitude, a mindset will overtake any circumstance. You will be able to wait on the Lord even when the waiting is tough because you'll be confident that he is still in control and that nothing happens without his permission. Even during the waiting, particularly during the waiting, your behavior there will be pleasing to God. You won't desire to take matters into your own hands. You will represent God well, and in doing so, you will be minding your manners. Just like you were a child and your parents wanted, to represent, wanted you to represent them well, God wants us to represent him well. We are his ambassadors, and we are representatives of the gospel of Christ, and we need to represent God well. We need to place our mind, which is our way of thinking, over the matter, which is over the circumstances. We need to renew our mind. If you change your way of thinking about the issue, even though the circumstance may not change, your behavior will. And how do you change your way of thinking, my sisters, you may be asking me? Well, listen to this. Mind over matter scripture. Philippians 4th chapter and the 5th verse. A very great example of mind over matter. Finally, brethren, I'm glad you asked. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Hmm. Whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, then what are we to do to think on these things? So how do you place your mind over matter, which is how do you place your mind over your circumstances so that you can mind your manners? In other words, so you can mind your behavior, renew your mind by embracing his spirit of peace. Philippians 4th chapter and 7th verse, Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God which passes all understanding, shall keep your mind and your heart through Christ Jesus. When you strive to renew your mind daily, you embrace the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. You'll say to yourself and you'll say to others, if it wasn't for the Lord, I know I'll be consumed by these circumstances, but God, thank you, Jesus, but God, his peace is keeping me. His peace is sustaining me. His peace it's controlling my attitude. It may not make sense, but it's already all right. Understand something. When you're going through stuff, your circumstances might not change right away. But if you put your trust in God, that peace that surpasses all understanding will keep you even in the midst of your circumstances, in the midst of your situation, in the midst of your turmoil, in the midst of your storm. Listen to this. We're going to go to Matthew, the 14th chapter. Matthew, 14th chapter. And the 22nd verse, a very familiar story of Jesus with his disciples. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go before him on the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. 
But the ship was now in the midst of the sea. And remember, Jesus wasn't with the disciples. He had sent them ahead of him. Remember that. So the 24th verse says, For the ship that the disciples were on was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. In other words, the wind was, a storm was brewing. A storm was brewing. And the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea, walking on the sea. And the 26th verse, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. Remember, they were going through a storm, and they were already troubled because of the storm. The winds, the tumultuous winds, and the rain, and the boat was, the ship was rocking and all. So they were already afraid, right? But then they see something walking on the sea, and they're troubled. And one of them says, a spirit, and they cry out for fear, right? But straightway, Jesus spake unto them and said, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And oh, bold Peter. Peter answered him and said, if it is you, Lord, bid me come unto thee on the water. Lord, if it is you, let me come to you. And Jesus said, come. And Peter was come down out of the ship. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when Peter saw the wind bolstered and he, he was afraid, and he began to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. When Peter saw that the winds were still troublesome, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he said, Lord, save me. Now, you get this. As long as Peter kept his eyes focused on Jesus, he was okay. But when he started to think about his circumstances, when he started to think about what was all around him, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand. He caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, why didst thou, why didst thou doubt? And when they would come into the ship, the wind ceased. Get this. When they came into the ship, the wind ceased. The wind didn't cease until Jesus and Peter got into the ship. Did you get that? Because the 24th verse says, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, I don't know. This is the first time I got this, but I'm about to share with you. When Peter was walking towards Jesus, Peter didn't ask Jesus to calm the wind. Peter didn't ask Jesus to calm the sea. Peter asked him to prove it was him by letting him walk on the water, by letting him walk on the water towards him. Peter wanted to know that Jesus was with him. And Peter answered him and said in 28th verse, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto the water, unto thee on the water. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to speak, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Get this. That's the 30th verse. And when you get time, go back and read these passages of scriptures. The third verse is Peter saw the wind boisterous. He was afraid, and he began to sink. And he cries out, Lord, save me. And he didn't cry out, Lord, stop the, um, put the calm. He didn't cry out, Lord, calm the sea or stop the winds. He said, Lord, save me. He didn't ask Jesus to calm the sea. He asked Jesus to save him, to protect him. According to verse 32, and when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. It was only after Jesus and Peter had gotten into the ship that the wind ceased. Now, how do we relate this to where we are today? In the midst of your troubling sea, your storm, or your circumstance, just trust Jesus. Know that your circumstances might not change in the moment, just like the winds didn't stop at the very moment that Peter began to be afraid. But something even more important, Jesus is with you, and Jesus will sustain you. You see, it's not always wise to ask God to take away the storm, but that storm might just be what you need. I'll say that again because somebody needs to hear this because somebody might be going through a storm this very moment. 
It's not always wise to ask God to take the storm away. I know you may be tempted to do that, but not all the time is that what he wants to do. But it is always wise to ask him and thank him for keeping you during the storm, for protecting you during the storm, for guiding you during the storm. You see, that storm might just be your story. That storm might just be your story. That test might just be your testimony. That problem might just bring you to the promise keeper. It might take that problem for you to come crying out to God, Jesus, save me. That mountain might just be your measure of faith to keep your eyes on Jesus, to keep your eyes on Jesus. This, all of this reminds me of a song, an old song that I haven't heard in a while. It says something like, Lord, you don't need to move the mountains. Just give me the strength to climb it. And won't he do it? Won't he do it? So it's not always wise for us to ask him to move the mountain, to move the storm, but it's always, always ever present to say, Lord, I thank you that even in the midst of my circumstances, even in the midst of my storm, even in the midst of what I'm going through right now, you're with me, you're keeping me, and I'm thanking you, Lord God. I'm thanking you. So it's important to renew your mind over matters. When you focus on the good and perfect gifts, that come from God, when you focus on what he's already done, when you allow your mind to be ruled by what will please him, there will be such a peace in your heart that goes against all reasoning. So how do you renew your mind? How do you change your way of thinking over the matter? When you are obedient to his word and allow his peace to rule in your life, fear will have to take a back seat. Second Timothy 1 says, we know fear does not come from God, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and guess what, of a sound mind, minding your manners, being careful to obey his word. Mind over matter, even though this situation looks dim, Lord, I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm going to walk by faith like Peter was walking towards Jesus and not by sight. The winds were turbulent. The seeds are raging, but I'm not going to be moved by what I see. I'm going to be moved by a renewed mind that has stayed on Jesus. I'm not going to lean to my own understanding. I'm going to trust him. I'm not going to walk by spirit of fear. I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to walk by faith. I'm not going to move by what I see. I'm going to walk by faith. I'm not going to be moved by what I see. I'm repeating this because somebody needs to get it in your spirit. I'm going to walk by faith. And faith alone. Whatever little measure of faith I think I got, I'm going to cling to it, and I'm going to stand up with my God-given image and say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord. You said you never leave me. You never forsake me. You will be with me always, even to the end of time. I thank you, Lord God. I'm going to mind my madness, you see. I'm going to trust you with all my heart. I'm going not, to, not going to lean to my own understanding. I don't understand why it's taking so long, but, Lord, I'm going to mind my madness. I don't understand why I've got to go through this storm, but, Lord, I'm going to mind my manners. Lord, I can do anything with you by my side. So with God, all things are possible. Again, when you change your mind, that is your way of thinking. When you change your mind over your matters, a renewed mind will strive to walk by faith and not by sight. When you strive to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh, you are minding your manners. You are minding your matters. Romans 7 I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust 
of the flesh. That's Galatians, the fifth chapter and the 16th verse. Romans 8th chapter in the 5th to the 6th verse says, But they that walk after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. When you are minding your manners, that means when you're striving to renew your mind daily, you will meditate on the promises of God. You will stand fast to his word and you'll place your mind over your circumstance. As we come to a close, Isaiah, the 54th chapter, and the 17th verse says, No weapon hmm, formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. You see, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. Stand fast, my brothers and sisters, to his word, and place mine over matter. Stand fast. Philippians 1, 6, being confident. Are you confident this evening? Are you confident that he who has done a, begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ? That's mind over matter right there. Being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Stand fast to his word, my sister, and place your mind over matter. Place your way of thinking over your circumstance. Take comfort in knowing that God is your refuge and your strength. He is indeed a very present help in the time of trouble. Psalms 46, chapter, and the first verse. Stand fast to his word. Stand fast to his word. When you commit your way to the Lord, trust in him. Trust in him. He'll bring it to pass. Mind over matter. Stand fast to his word and place mind over matter. Therefore, take no thought saying what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to do tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow, for God got that. He got that. First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. I know the burden might seem a little light. I mean, I know the burden might seem a little heavy, but guess what? We were not built to carry the burden. We were not built to carry this burden. And that's why Jesus himself told, tells us to cast our cares upon him, for he cares for us. For he cares for us. You see, when you do all these things, you're minding your matters because your desire would be to please him, regardless of what it looks like. All in the end, with confidence, will you be able to bless the Lord at all times and let his praise be forever in your mouth. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable, what is perfect. Remember, you can mind your manners when you renew your mind. You'll be able to walk on water even during the storm because of what? Because his presence is with you. His Holy Spirit is always with you. Circumstances, again, may not change because you want them to change or when you want them to change, but you can have a new attitude. You can have a new mindset. You can have a new outlet, outlook, because you will remember that you can do all things through Christ. You remember that God is greater than any promise. You remember that. You are a child of the king, and so you'll be able to praise him with a renewed mind. You'll be able to praise him not because of your circumstances. You'll be able to praise him in spite of your circumstances. You'll be able to turn your thoughts into a praise. You'll be able to turn your thoughts into a praise. I hope you got that. I hope this message has been, been um, 
inspiring to you. I hope it's giving you something to think about. But, you know, I couldn't close out because everybody that's listening to me might not be saved. Everybody that's listening to me might not have given your life over to Jesus Christ. And I want to give you the opportunity right now because guess what? This is what it's all about, to strengthen those who have already have a relationship with him or to have somebody who does not know his son, Jesus Christ, to get to know him. So you don't have the power of it on your own to mind your manners. You don't have the power on your own to renew your mind. It's only through the power of his son, Jesus Christ, that you'll be able to do that. Not only that, your eternal life would not be with Jesus if you not accepted him as your Savior. So right now, wherever you are right now, this has been your acceptable time. If you're not accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I need you to continue to listen very carefully. Romans 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Revelation, the 20th chapter, in the 14th and 15th verses, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Romans 10, 9 says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. But Romans 3, 10 says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. So the first thing you need to do is admit that you are a sinner, according to Romans 3.10. Then you need to be willing to turn from your sin. That means you need to be willing to repent. Then you need to believe that Jesus Christ died for you, that he was buried, and that he rose from the dead. But Romans 10.10 10 says, well, for with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And then through prayer, right now, where you are at this very moment, you can invite Jesus to come into your life to become your personal Savior. For Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you are sincere from your heart, and remember God knows your heart, and if you've not accepted him as your Savior, you can repeat this prayer after me right now, okay? A simple prayer, but it's big. Dear God, I am a sinner, and I need forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ shed his precious blood and died for my sin. I'm willing to turn from sin. I now invite Christ to come into my heart and my life as my personal Savior. Wow. If you just did that, if you just did that simple prayer of salvation, it's not really simple. But if you just did that, guess what? Angels in heaven are rejoicing right now. Because one soul, one soul, because of your soul, amen, because of your soul. If you just trusted Jesus as your personal Savior, you have begun the best thing, a wonderful new life in Christ, amen. And you need to get a Bible and get to read it every day so you can get to know Jesus better. Talk to God in prayer, get baptized, worship and fellowship in a local church where Christians with other brothers and sisters you can draw strength from and where Christ is preached and the Bible is the final authority. And then don't be selfish. Go out and tell somebody else this good news. Go out and tell somebody else about Jesus. Amen.
Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Father, for that soul that came crying out to you, Father. We thank you that angels are rejoicing in heaven right now, Father. God, we thank you, Lord, that your word has gone forth, and as you promised, we know that it has not returned unto you empty-handed, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that folks who heard this word, Lord God, will take it, hold, dear, hold it dear to their hearts, Lord God, and they will walk by faith and not by sight. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God. They'll know the best days are ahead of them. They'll know that the best is still yet to come. They'll know, they'll trust and believe that in you, God, all things are possible. In Jesus' precious, matchless name, we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Mm, 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 mm. Praise the Lord, everyone. Thank you for listening to When Christians Speak Talk Radio. Just want to remind you that History Bound and Grace with Minister Vanessa Williams is every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Declaring the finished work with Pastor Pat Randall is every Thursday at 12 noon. Friday Night Joy with Pastor Ray and Friends is every first, second, and fourth Friday at 7 p.m. The Bread of Life with Pastor Ray is the first and the third Sundays at 7 p.m. Challenge to Change with Pastor Paul Morgan is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Our monthly broadcasts are as follows. Lifeline with Apostle Shirley Jones is every first Monday at 7 p.m. The Bold and the Beautiful with Reverend Novita Reed, Reverend Curtis Austin, and Minister Jordana Cunningham is every second Saturday at 10 a.m. Adoration uh, with Evangelist Lewis McElwain is every third Monday of the month at 7 p.m. Marriage Takeover, The Body of One with Pastor Eric and Pastor Tamika Thompson is every fourth Sunday at 7 p.m. Hour 3, Real Life, Real Men, Real Talk with Ray Rose, Antonio Mitchell, Tyrone Rose, Cleophus Malone, and Elster Green is every second Sunday at 7 p.m. Our weekly prayer is called Midday Glory Prayer with Reverend Gwen Dixon. It's every Wednesday at 1 p.m. The dialing number is 712-770-5505. That's the code is 732-499. This is a free conference call uh, number, okay? Matters of the Heart of Singles Ministry is a new ministry with the host of Pastor Ray Rose and Pastor Maggie Wilson. It's every third Friday at 7 p.m. I do also want to encourage you to go and check out our website, whenchristmasspeak.com. You'll find a little bit more information about the different hosts and adult the different shows. Please continue to like us at face on our Facebook and our Instagram pages of When Christmas Speak Talk Radio. And also, if you'd like to get in contact with us, you can do so by sending an email to whenchristmasspeak at gmail.com, or you can send us a message through any of the social media sites. Thank you. Again, for listening to When Christmas Speak Talk Radio. God bless you.
If you've got a personal auto insurance question, you could talk to a cab driver. Although the policies he recommends might include avoiding the interstate, beating traffic by taking the back roads, and only making left turns when absolutely necessary. Or you could talk to your local Geico agent, whose policy is to use their expertise to navigate your insurance, finding the best route to help you save money on insurance for your home, car, and more. And as an added bonus, you'll be able to avoid traffic jams and potholes entirely. To find a Geico agent near you, visit geico.com local. And now it's Geico's Motorcycle Rules of the Road. Before you ride, make sure your mirrors are clean and adjusted properly. And if you're going on a group ride, make sure the lead biker knows where they're going. Uh, Ed, quick question. Where are you taking us? Oh, I have no idea. What, am I the leader? <laughs> because I was uh, following that dude with the red helmet. Where, Where is he? And the rule to saving on motorcycle insurance is, in 15 minutes, Geico could save you 15% or more. El todo sea por un beso deal. Ya soñabas con llegar a McDonald's, ordenar tus McNuggets y tu Big Mac de siempre. Con extra pepinillos, extra salsa especial, extra cebolla, porque tú eres así, extra. Pero luego recuerdas que estás en una cuarta cita. Y quizá ordenar cebollas extra no sea la mejor movida. Hay un meal para cada cita en McDonald's. Ordena por anticipado por el arte McDonald's y llévate dos de tus favoritos, como McNuggets de 10 piezas y una Big Mac por solo 6 dólares. Precios y participación pueden variar. Producto individual a precio regular. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. There's something scary hiding in the back of your closet. Your bathing suits and summer clothes, thing you're pretty sure don't fit anymore. What if there was a way to get into summer shape in one visit? Here's Dr. Brian Strand for Sonabello to explain. It really is quite remarkable. Sonabello doctors use a technology called microlaser fat removal, and the results are amazing. We customize your procedure to accomplish your goals. Just share with us the problem areas where you'd like the fat in inches removed. And in one visit, they're gone, permanently. I can't tell you how often I hear clients say how many years they've been trying to diet and exercise those inches away. And we did it in one comfortable visit. It's time to get your summer on. Visit any of our Sonobella locations across the U.S. And right now, you can save $250. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. That's sonobello.com slash save. There's something scary hiding in the back of your closet. Your bathing suits and summer clothes, thing you're pretty sure don't fit anymore. What if there was a way to get into summer shape in one visit? Here's Dr. Brian Strand for Sonobello to explain. It really is quite remarkable. Sonobello doctors use a technology called microlaser fat removal, and the results are amazing. We customize your procedure to accomplish your goals. Just share with us the problem areas where you'd like the fat in inches removed. And in one visit, they're gone, permanently. I can't tell you how often I hear clients say how many years they've been trying to diet and exercise those inches away. And we did it in one comfortable visit. It's time to get your summer on. Visit any of our Sonobella locations across the U.S. And right now, you can save $250. Visit sonobello.com slash save. 
sonobello.com slash save. That's sonobello.com slash save. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.